What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Permission to Shine, your podcast dedicated to hosting the most humble, inspiring stories. I am your host, Andrew Nemanny, and today we've got a special episode with Daniel Pigeon, who now is the CEO of Macintosh Group, the legendary speaker and audio brand from the 1940s. It's a global brand, and what he's doing there is amazing. We got to record this at the House of Sound in New York City, this insane $30 million condo in the heart of Chelsea that's been transformed into this audio and visual experience showroom. Lady Gaga has lived there previously. Succession was filmed there. So the minute you step off of the busy streets of New York and into this space, you feel the magic. And so I hope that we can transport you there. Dan has also served as CEO of Sears Home Services, overseeing 7,000 employees there. He's helped lead and run the Consumer Electronics Show. Think all of the crazy robots and new gadgets. That's where they get showcased every year. So he truly breathes and lives this industry. And he's a very special guy. What he talks about and being a good leader and what it means to be fulfilled in your career, I think you guys will find very special. So enjoy the episode. And as always, let me know what you think. Thank you so much. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so, for uh, having me. hundred percent. So for people who don't know the legendary brand Macintosh Group, what is it? So Macintosh Group actually is the um, company that owns a series of brands. The flagship brand is the iconic uh, Macintosh uh, Labs amplifiers. And uh, they make uh, high-end, high-performance electronic components. And they have been, they're really the original amplifier company. In fact, they're, where they really gained fame is they were the power behind Woodstock. And uh, they powered that through a generation, but they really define what hi-fi is, what high-fidelity sound is um, since the beginning. And that's, it's, it's global. I mean, they've, they've defined it anywhere in the world. Wow. When were they created? Macintosh was founded in 1949. They've been around a long time. Yes. And you do what for them? I'm the CEO of Macintosh Group, which is the owner of Macintosh Labs. Okay. And how long have you been doing that now? A year and a half. Okay, nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been great. It's been fun. That's cool. I feel like fun is probably a proper word, probably not all-inclusive, um, but we're at the House of Sound, New York City right now. And so hopefully people are watching this and you get to kind of see one of the, the just beautiful rooms that we're in. And you just gave me this insane tour of the, the six-story house. Kind of walk me through what this is and what your vision is for the House of Sound. So this is sort of the coming together of art, design, music, sound, and it brings it together in an elevated fashion. And um, it, it, it's really a unique way to experience our products because it's in an environment that if we do our job right, um, we will uh, inspire, create a spark that gets you to really get interested in, in high-end uh, sound equipment. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you guys opened this or maybe a soft opening just uh, a couple of weeks ago. It is that it's, it's, it's open by appointment only. So, uh, people can, uh, request an appointment and, uh, they get a personal tour and, uh, it, about two hours they get to experience what music can really be. That's beautiful. I love that. You guys had a party a couple of weeks ago with what, like 180 people. Correct. You said correct. And who, who's kind of the demographic? of that audience. So interestingly enough, that demographic was, it was more press and journalists. And that was really who was, uh, attending that, uh, party. Um, it was to introduce it to sort of the world. Uh, the, the demographic we're really looking for is the younger set that really has 
younger people, the, the beauty is they had this generation, you included a lot of the young generation of music, this love and this passion for music, but they never heard it in a way at this level. They'd never heard music uh, delivered uh, in this elevated way in most cases. So we have a whole world to open up our products to. And that's what's really exciting is, is that we get the chance to introduce these products to people that have never heard their music played this way. Um, you know, you, you heard you heard a couple tracks uh, earlier that we were playing, and um, you know, I could see from the expression on your face, it like it triggers something. You know, there's there's something really great about just closing your eyes and indulging in a music that that, that or a song that moves you and moves you in a way that's emotional and um it, it sticks with you and 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 that's what we're trying to let people know exists which is this higher level of listening to music <laughs> i love that i think in a world where right you're, you're a high achiever yourself i'm sure you've had a lot of stress and things coming at you so to be able to step away for a second and just be present in that magical moment of music is powerful I think you're exactly right. I mean, how much is it worth to somebody to be able to escape from everything for maybe it's a song, maybe it's a movie, maybe it's whatever it is that you're completely captivated by the sound and the experience. Um, you know, you can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it, it, it is, it, it's, it's for people that, that, you know, go through stress and life is, you know, very stressful, gives you that escape, gives you that, you know, ability to get away. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so I love talking about Macintosh, but I had you on as Dan Pigeon because I'm very curious about just who you are as a person, like what you've been through. Um, we've been friends for a while now, which I'm super grateful for. We're both from Iowa. It's pretty great. I know this is a great connection right, right out the gate. Yep, it was. It was. But I found out that you're from Iowa and now just doing these amazing things across the globe. It just makes me so proud and I think sets a good example for all of us, right? We've got a bunch of islands in the friend group of what we can also do. So thank you for paving that path. My right. pleasure. My pleasure. And so- you were also CEO of Sears previously, correct? Correct. I was uh, my my title there was CEO of Sears Home Services, which were was the ser service portion that was left after the Sears bankruptcy to put together and get a strategy together to move that forward. Okay, what was that like? Um, fulfilling, stressful, exciting. Uh, I have nothing but positive things to say because of the people that I got to work with and, and, and surrounded me. And, and it was an amazing and intense period of time. And you learn a lot under pressure, right? Because businesses in distress, uh, businesses coming out of bankruptcy, there's all sorts of, of things that you can't do enough, right? Quick enough. Yeah. Uh, but you can do right. And you leave it down a path. And, and we had, um, interestingly enough, a very successful run uh, during that period of time. And I wouldn't trade the, those, that was there two years. I wouldn't trade those two years for anything. And that's, it, it was a good experience for me. That's amazing. So day to day, like how would you sum up your goal when you were there for those two years? And what were you working towards every day? So there was a vision that was created. Um, I don't know uh, if they've continued the vision uh, since, since I've left, but the vision that was created was if, uh, you know, wealthy people have, um, somebody that takes care of their home when something goes wrong. Um, most normal people like me, you know, I don't have somebody to call like that. So 
creating a home services segment out of the 5,000 technicians that were at Sears that no longer had to service the Sears stores could then open up those services to individual homeowners. And so that was the transition that we made was to say, we're, it's no longer relying on a Sears store, but we can then focus our efforts into the home. And that created an exciting opportunity because the technicians were already in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And so you asked the, the daily responsibilities. It was around supporting that vision. So there's a lot of pieces you have to put in place because you're taking a company that was you know, completely related to you know, Sears stores, of which there were thousands of them around um, the world. And you then had to take those efforts and say, well, that's not going forward because the stores were closing. So we're going to take that effort and we're going to use it somewhere else. What are the, what do we need to believe and what do we need to do uh, to get there? And, and one of the, um, the great books that I read is, is working backwards, which is um, you start and you, you decide what that vision, what that endpoint is. And then you put in place all of the things that need to happen for you to get there. Mm-hmm. It seems logical, but reverse engineer. It doesn't always. It does, people don't always practice that way. So I was fortunate enough, and I was able to uh, put a team together that really understood the vision, really understood where we were going, and then helped me put the building blocks in place to actually move in that direction, which we successfully did. Mm-hmm. So out of all the people who are, you know, kind of chasing the CEO position, which there's many of them, right? And a very small percentage of those actually make it to that position. And I'm sure even a smaller percentage actually end up thriving and being fulfilled in that position. Why do you think that you as Dan Pigeon was selected to be CEO, you know, of Sears, of, of Macintosh Group, and I'm sure others that you've, you've done? That's a good question. Sometimes I wonder that myself. <laughs> is, is, is why I, I got selected. But I, I, I think... Um, Look, I was never the smartest student. I was never the person in school that that impressed anybody. Um, we have we have hope, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think. I mean, I think. I think the reality is 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 the CEO has to be smart enough to know they're not that smart, right? And they have to be smart enough to know that there are some extremely talented people that don't necessarily want to be CEO or wouldn't be a good fit for CEO. But I have this. I have this belief. This core belief. People want to do good. People show up to work wanting to do good and advance the company. And tapping into that and tapping into sort of um, that collective, you know, winning and, in, 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 you know, all of the fights and all the battles, but you do it towards a purpose. And I think engaging people and getting them to, to perform at a high level all in the same direction, uh, I think that's something that, that, Either I've been fortunate and found the right people all along the way, or I've done something to motivate people in that way. It doesn't matter what it is, but I think that's sort of my talent because it's not that I'm going to uh, have the highest uh, ACT score uh, in uh, or, or highest IQ score. I'm going to uh, operate the business with the best people I can find and put them in the right place. So beautifully said. I love that. That's really good. If you were going to write out, like, so every week I'll like write three reminders to myself, right? Like, Hey, think about this this week, like be present, you know, try to be vulnerable, do these things. If you're going to do that, but it was kind of your life thing, right? You weren't going to change it every week. It was going to be like three principles, or it can be one principle that you wanted yourself to remember, or you want to teach others, right? You, you go to colleges and I'm sure you do guest lecturing and whatnot. You know, what are kind of those principles that you try to think of for yourself and to deliver to others? 
It's a great question. It's something w- when I do um, have the opportunity to speak, and I speak at um, a couple universities and and um, yeah, on a regular basis. But I, I I usually come back to four things. Uh, it, it was three, but I added a fourth. I'll share with you in a minute. But the, the one thing is 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 drive forward. Always be moving forward. Don't don't let yourself become a victim of circumstance. You're going to hit adversity. Um, and as painful as some of that adversity is, and as worthy of sympathy as you may be, the reality is is that wallowing in in sort of you know a, a poor me doesn't really advance you very much. So approach your life, approach your career in such a way that you know you're going to face adversity, and you just need to to keep moving forward. Mike uh, Mike Tyson has that. Uh, famous quote, which is everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, you should plan on getting punched in the face because that's how life, it's just the way life is. Happened to me, it's happened to others, it'll happen to most of the people that are watching this or listening to this. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is constant, constantly be improving yourself. So disrupt yourself. Come up with a way to... Um, explore, discover, do all of the things that you want to do and learn what you like, learn what you don't like, learn what you're good at, learn what you're not good at, because you won't do it later in life and you'll have regrets. So disrupt yourself. Don't let yourself just get so tunnel vision that you don't explore the world around you. The next thing that I always uh, say is, is, and I always tell people is say yes. The best things that have ever happened to me have happened to me because People have asked me if I would do something, and I said yes. Um, I like saying yes, and I like being able to do it. Now, obviously, I can't do that all the time, but I try to do it as often as I can. I'll give you an example. You know, my um, my work at the Consumer Technology Association, the owners of the CES show. Yeah, the only reason what, I got, what is a CES show for the, so the Consumer Electronics Show? It's held every uh, January uh, in Las Vegas. It's the largest trade show on the face of the earth. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people attend. Uh, millions of square feet of exhibit space. It's if if you haven't been, it's it's definitely something you should experience. Uh, and it's it's the home of technology and innovation. Mm-hmm. And um, that where they're like showing like the new robots and so the robots. New, it's the largest car show now. Uh, uh, the, uh, it's it's the biggest auto show anywhere in the world. Innovation computing obviously the 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 usual uh people there the samsung sony lg those those people but every major uh company um innovation occurs there i mean mm-hmm. microsoft is there everybody is there and they're there to show off their latest and greatest in what they believe the future holds so it becomes a very important show not just for the industry but for the world because it really is it solves i mean there's there's medical there's startups there's all sorts of things that are changing our lives especially with ai right now things are moving rather quickly so this gathers people to really sort sort of show them what the possibilities are but uh, one of the things that way we got there was is the um saying yes well i don't know 20 years ago 15 years ago something like that i i said yes because i got an invitation to attend a meeting um in uh, Colorado, and it was a for this association. Didn't really know it, didn't really understand it, but 
I said, I'll go. So I went, um, explored it, had a great time. A um, few years later, ended up getting on the board. A few years later, ended up becoming chairman of the, uh, of the organization. And um, probably, you know, best move I ever made was say yes. Say yes at that moment in time. Now, I've said yes to a lot of things that haven't been so great. Uh, but this is one where it's worth it. It's worth it to say yes. Uh, because it's the same thing um, um, when I've served on the board of charities. I've met the most interesting people because somebody asked me to serve on a board and I said yes when I could have easily said no. And so the most fulfilling things that I've had is because I've said yes to things that I think a, a lot of people don't say yes to. And I get it because time is precious and everybody's got things going on. And so saying yes is hard sometimes. Um Anyways, that's my third thing. The the fourth thing that I say, and and, and then this probably is, I you know, I to, I tell people to be nice, just be nice. You want to be the person that when somebody asks about you, they say, "Oh, they're really nice." Even if you're nothing else, you can be nice. And by being nice, more good things come to you. Uh, being nice, being kind, it it's the easiest thing you can do, and it probably helps you more than anything else because. It helps you with your reputation, helps you with who you are, and it helps you feel good about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well said. So it's be ready for adversity, evolve yourself, say yes, and be nice. Correct. That's a Dan Pigeon recipe. I mean, it's as good as I got. That's awesome. Well, it served you well. <laughs> Thank you. you. You said that we're all going to get punched in the face at some point, right? Metaphorically. And can you think of a moment, like when you think about getting punched in the face, what comes to mind for you? Oh, sure. I mean, I, you know, um, I worked in a family business and, and grew a successful family business. Um, ended up thinking that the course was going uh, one way, ended up uh, having a disagreement with my family, mm. didn't end well. Uh, and so that's what launched me over to Sears, actually, uh, when, I, when I left the family company that I'd started and worked for for, you know, 20 plus years. So that was that was certainly something that was disruptive. But you know, the interesting thing is is that um, you know you decide in your mind what's right and what's wrong, and you know deep down you're doing right. And so, getting punched in the face in that particular uh, time, yeah, certainly it was hurtful. But you know, it wasn't something where I ever didn't believe in myself or didn't think that you know I could overcome it. And, um, you know, there's been challenges in business. I mean, you know, walking into uh, Sears, uh, there were plenty of times it sometimes felt like, you know, daily or hourly you can get punched in the face because you think you can, you know, when you, when you have a, a uh, 7,000 employees and you're trying to get them to go in a certain direction, um, things go wrong and uh, systems go wrong and IT goes wrong. Um, bad things happen just, you know, in the course of business. And you, you, again, you have to keep going. You, 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 you've got to, not that you don't learn from it, not that you don't deal with it, but you can't wallow in it and you can't, you can't feel sorry for yourself because especially if you're a CEO, because nobody really cares if you're a CEO, how bad you feel or don't feel, you have to lean people through. That's what, that's my definition, what you do. You mentioned earlier um, being fulfilled in work, 
And I feel lucky um, to to hear all this this side of you because another big side of you that I've gotten to see is you being a father and a husband, which you do extremely well. You've got two kids who are amazing, and I feel fortunate um, to really gotten to know Madison. And I consult with her on the podcast a lot because she worked at Spotify and now works at Netflix. And so she's well poised um, and always gives in, is just wonderful advice. She's she's very special. You're giving me too much credit, though. Um, those kids were raised by their mother, uh, and she's wonderful. And she did that. You know, my life, my work schedule. I was not there as much as I wanted to be, or mm-hmm. probably even should have been. Uh, I'm trying to make up for lost time now, and and I, I I agree with you about my kids. I I'm I'm having the best time with them now than I've, I've ever had, and it's 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 been great having them as adults. Madison is 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 an example of somebody coming into their own. She's doing all sorts of of great things, and she just she loves interacting and 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 helping, and she has a, a keen eye and a keen ear on on certain things. So it's 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 fun. That's probably really fulfilling to watch my kids grow up and see them sort of find what they want to do, uh, and and hopefully live by you know some of these traits that help them overcome the challenges. That are sure to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes I'll, I'll ping Madison before an episode. I'll say, Madison, this is the context of the guest. What kind of question, what kind of topics do you think I should probe at? And she always has good ones. So last time I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, I'm interviewing Dan tomorrow. I've been thinking about this for a while. And I'm like, I have to text Madison and ask her what I should ask. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. She teed you up nicely. There's nothing bad. Okay. What she said I should ask you is, what do you think it means to be fully fulfilled in your career and how do you get to that point? That's a a great question. Uh, I would probably answer it by saying that watching others succeed, watching people achieve around you as a result of sort of either the guidance or the obstacle that you moved for them to be able to watch them thrive, it's very, very fulfilling. And and as a CEO, that's probably the most fulfilling thing uh, that you can do is you watch this success that's generated by people that previously didn't have that success. Uh, that's something that's, that's very, very fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to, um, on a personal side, being able to be present and enjoy my family is fulfilling. Um, we, you don't have a lot of time and, and that's, that's the other, that's the other part of, of a CEO and that's okay. Cause that's the life that you choose, but I'm fulfilled when I get the time with my family, with my kids. Cause I enjoy, I truly enjoy being with them and that's fulfilling to me. And so on a personal side, it, it would, it would absolutely be time with my family. I don't know if uh, Madison would, would agree that it's fulfilling to her. But uh, uh, I think she wins. she gets she gets uh, she gets to see me anyways. But it 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 work. It really is seeing people succeed, and that's you know it, it, as somebody in in my position, I don't think that there's any great any greater fulfillment than seeing somebody that either couldn't do something or didn't do something before, but now can. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned not spending enough time with them back sure. in the day which I love that vulnerability and just being real. I think that helps so many people, you know, who maybe are, you know, a couple years behind you. Would you change anything about that? Would you do anything differently? 
Yeah, it's funny you say that. There's there's lots of things that um, that you look back on. You say, "Gee, I could have done this or I could have done that." But there, in in total, no, because I think you first have to fulfill and be happy with what you're doing in your career, in your life, in your relationship, and you have to count on the people that you are with. Now, you know, your kids are your kids, but your spouse becomes really, really important because they are your partner in this. And it's a great word. If you're not on the same page, your life is going to be miserable. So I was, I had good fortune because I have a great wife. We've been married 28 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, she was there. Did did she get mad at me when I didn't show up to things or did she get, you know, sure she did. But there was this understanding that, you know, what I was doing, what I was trying to do um, was part of my path and part of what I needed to do. And she was very supportive. Now, if she wasn't supportive, I don't know that I would have gotten to do what I do. And I certainly wouldn't feel as good about it as I did today if it weren't for that. So I guess one of the, was it the fifth? Uh, pillar I should probably add in there is choose carefully who you want to partner with because that partner is going to make the difference whether or not you're going to be happy and successful or not. Yeah. I mean, 28 years. Yeah. What what else have you had consistently in your life for 28 years? Very little, very little. Like, let's see, I've, I've known her longer um, than I've not known her. Wow. Right. So, yeah. You know, it's, 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 um, yeah, there's very few things that uh, are in my life. I'm trying to think. I don't think I uh, have an article of clothing anymore uh, that's, that's uh, that old. So, yes, I think that's probably the longest thing in my life. That's special. Where are you spending most of your time now? So, uh, I think on an airplane. That's uh, <laughs> I think I spend most of my time. Uh, it's, it's been great. I, you know, I don't love traveling, but... You know, I, I forced myself to get good at it. Uh, this is a global company, so this is the first time I've ran a global company. Uh, the uh, even Sears, even though it was you know a large organization, it was still North American based, mm-hmm. so um, that was the focus. And so, traveling around the United States and traveling globally are kind of two different things. Is you know the time adjustment and getting there, and just you know the amount of time that it burns. You got to figure out a way to make time on planes productive. Um, I'm not the best person at that. So I've had to learn sort of, are you doing better? I'm doing a lot better. I'm doing a lot better at, at it because it's, it's, um, uh, it's hard. I mean, obviously internet on planes now helps quite a bit, but a lot of my time is, is spent traveling now. Uh, since we've opened here, the house of sound, uh, I plan on being here more often because I think this is sort of this New York is the center of the universe, even though I don't live here. Uh, it's still the center of the universe. People come here. It's a great place to visit. It's a great place still with with everything going on. It's still, you know, the greatest city for what we do and for uh, people looking for our types of products. So being here and engaging with uh, the community, engaging with uh, the guests, they they come through the house, learning from them, sort of, you know, what they like, what they what they don't like, and then being with our our people uh, in one place. I think that's something that. Um, is very tough post COVID, you know, getting that, that synergy and that energy back together, people working together and collaborating. And so my plan will be is to be here a lot more often and a lot less overseas. Italy, mostly overseas. Italy is most of it. We have a factory in Italy, uh, Vicenza, Italy through, uh, 
one of our brands, which is Sonus Faber. Uh, but this last year, I've been to different areas of Europe. We have offices in Amsterdam. We have business in the UK. We just opened up in France. Uh, we opened up in uh, Asia. Um, we've done business there, but we also now have um, some of our own offices in there. And then we have good distribution partners uh, in other areas of the world. And so I took the the time to visit them because they don't really know me. Um, it's my first, not only is it my first global gig, uh, it's my first manufacturing gig. So I've always been on the consumer side, on the retail side. I've never been on the manufacturing side. So this is something really different. Mm-hmm. That's cool. This space specifically, being in the, the center of the universe, literally, can you mention who lived here before? Are you allowed to say? I don't know if I can say. I suppose if, if you look it up, if you look up uh, the address, which you can publish, uh-huh. uh huh, you could probably Google and, and figure out what celebrities have have lived here. But uh, it's it's a great address. It's a pretty neat address. Yeah, there's no doubt. And then being downstairs in the theater and watching, you know, Hugh Jackman and all these people and all these scenes in movies. It literally felt like being on a roller coaster, just like this movement that took place. And so to feel that emotion, but then also to know that the people you're watching on the screen are going to be coming through this building, right? Like you truly are at the center of it all, which I think is just so exciting. So we're very fortunate. We have um, an amazing roster of clients that uh, you can imagine if you're an artist, this is the best way to hear your music back. Uh, It's the best way to experience other people's music. In theater, which you just heard, which was a combination of our Sonus Faber speaker line and our Macintosh uh, products all put into uh, that theater, uh, it also makes uh, actors come to life, which they are also big customers of ours. So, yes, I, I, I think uh, for me, it's thrilling. I don't, I think for the actor, it's probably they see it all the time. So, you know, them seeing themselves on TV or on screen may not be that big a deal, but it, it's been exciting to welcome celebrities. Uh, to the house, uh, you know, I, I've, I've um, sort of moved past the, the uh, I'm still impressed by, by people, but I've been able to control myself. So I don't uh, embarrass myself or, or, or get like, you know, oh, hey, can I get your autograph? I think, which I don't do. Uh, but it, you know, it's because you're humble there. <laughs> That's what we like about you. But it, well, it's, it's like, it's, it's just fun. I mean, everything about this company being able to deal with celebrities, athletes, musicians, um, being able to uh, like really enjoy the product. I mean, the quality, the sound, and the output of the product. Uh, and, and I played a, a scene uh, for you from, from a movie, a, a song uh, that I had never heard before I started this, this job. And it literally, even listening to it with you, which I've probably listened to it 50 times, still gives me goosebumps. Because of the power and the energy that comes across through sound. And um, how many things in life can do that? Right. right? Yeah. What movie was that from? Um, the, the Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that was the scene. Uh, never. Um, it's Never is the uh, name of the uh, song. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. You guys got to look that up. Yeah. I haven't seen it. That's pretty cool. The speaker system that we're surrounded with right now. Correct. Can you tell us how much it costs? So the room is probably somewhere around three hundred thousand. Uh, all in, the speakers are one hundred and forty thousand for the pair. 
Uh, it's this is our flagship speaker from Macintosh uh, with flagship amps that are here, mm-hmm. uh, and then our you know flagship equipment here. So it's a it's a pretty nice setup. It's only two speakers, but it's a it it, it will uh, it will sound much bigger than just two speakers. I promise. I think I'll have to stay as a friend, not a client. For <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> This is why so we dream, right? That's why we work hard. This is why we uh, get up in the morning. This is why I can learn from from you. Right. <laughs> well, you don't have to spend three hundred thousand to get a Macintosh system. Yeah. Uh, but this is the the flagship. This uh, is, and it's it's it is it's it's an investment for sure. I mean, the one thing that I'll tell you this: this is the most unusual thing about Macintosh that I've seen. If you go online and you look up Macintosh used. You will find it in most cases at the price it used to sell for. So if you pay $6,000 for a piece of Macintosh equipment 10 years ago, you go online right now to buy it used, it'll be $6,000. That is the, this is the only consumer electronics piece of equipment that I've ever known. And I've been in the industry pretty much all my career. I've never seen any product hold its value like that. In fact, in some cases, they become because they were limited or they were limited in number, they go for outrageous uh, numbers. What was it? One was auctioned off uh, with a famous, it went for like $300,000 as part of this album. I, I, I'll think of it, of course, right after the podcast. Um, but it was a famous musician's, he owned it. Mm-hmm. And so they auctioned it off. And, uh, you know, it's it's incredible. It's 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 incredible equipment. And so... The idea of investing in it becomes, um, you know, less uh, uh, less negatively affected if you can turn around and have value. Now, most people will probably never sell their equipment; they'll enjoy it and keep it. But I guess there is that comfort that you know, just like a expensive wristwatch or something like that, this will hold its value. So you're not, you're. Um, I think Patek Philippe has a, a saying: you don't really own it; you're just taking care of it for the next generation. Uh, I think that pretty much applies here as well. Yeah, that's well said. You guys have partners in Jeep, right? Whereas do their high-end Jeeps. So our audio system is inside the Jeep, the Wagoneer, and some of the high-level trims of the Grand Cherokee. Okay. And then I have to ask, Mr. Ferrari, <laughs> how did that come about? <laughs> you heard that from uh, uh, Jay Adair mm-hmm. uh, on there. And um I, I got to meet. Uh, well, it was interesting. And you got a sh- you got a shout out actually. I, I, that's a, I don't he, I don't know if he said my name, but I, I knew exactly who, who he was talking about when I when I saw that. Um, we got a call at the factory. Now, keep in mind, I was maybe I don't know three or four months into my role. We got a call at the factory uh, requesting a, a meeting. Um, when my assistant, who was new at the time, came in and and said, you know. Mr. Ferrari is, would like to meet you. Uh, I thought some of my friends were kind of kidding with me. Probably would have been Jay, by the way, that would have uh, covered it. And she didn't know because, you know, maybe she thinks I meet with these people all the time. So that was a cool experience. I ended up going um, in, in went to Marinello. Um, and he... Is that where the, that's where the uh, Ferrari factory is in Italy? Um, and went with our uh, chief design officer, uh, for uh, it, who also lives in Italy, and we went down there and we spent the day with Mr. Ferrari. And um, interestingly enough, he's as I learned, he's the last Mr. Ferrari because he had one daughter, um, 
and uh, I don't believe she she took the name. So he's the last Ferrari. Um, you know, Enzo Ferrari um, uh, pa- uh, passed away. His uh, brother, uh, our stepbrother, passed away, Adino. And uh, so he's very active in a kinder, nicer gentleman you can't find. And so uh, I got the opportunity to ask him why he, he wanted to show me the, the factory. Mm-hmm. And um, he shared with me that he was a huge fan of our, of our products. And uh, that was gratifying to hear and, and uh, gratifying to see. And he's just, like you said, a, a, a gem of an indi- individual. I've, I've now seen him now he, he came to our factory, so he had a tour, and so I, I got the chance. I, I didn't show him the products, uh, and I'm talking about the Sonos Faber speakers that are made in Italy. He drove up to there. Hopefully, he'll be here at the House of Sound. He has a, an open invitation to come, so hopefully he'll, uh, he'll come here, which he, he said he plans on doing. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, of, of all the things that you think of uh, in your career, did you did I, one, did I ever think that I would be – running the world famous Macintosh group, but that I would meet Mr. Ferrari on top of that. That's something that I never imagined uh, would happen in my career. So this gets back to the, you don't really know what your course is. You don't know where that, where that takes you. And it's been great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun, I, I tell people all the time I have the greatest job on earth. Well, what does humility mean to you? Good question. Um, I would say honesty, transparency, and probably the realization that you're not the most important person in the room. Well said. Dan, thank you, brother. Let's fun. Yeah, man. I appreciate this. That's it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Permission to Shine, the podcast dedicated to sharing the most humble, inspiring stories that I know you will love. Again, this is Andrew Nemanny. I appreciate you tuning in. As always, please reach out. Please follow on Instagram, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, Spotify, Apple. Leave us your thoughts. Let us know who you want as a future guest or what's your takeaways for, from this conversation. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great, great week.